It is a tale of two cities, or two small towns, rather, in Michigan in the Diocese of Lansing, the town of Fowler, Michigan, and the town of Westphalia, Michigan. These two towns were the subject of a New York Times article in 2014. And the subject of the article was the number of priests that have come from these two small towns that are a mere about 10 miles apart. Between these two towns, in 2014, they had had 44 men ordained to the priesthood. 44 men from these two towns. To give us some perspective, in our diocese, we, have, we currently have living 49 total priests that have been ordained for our diocese. Little perspective. The town of Fowler, Michigan, is a town of about 941 souls. The town of Westphalia, Michigan, eight through six. Fowler School only has about 134 students in the K through eight, and Westphalia School has, in their K through six, 316 students in their little small town. When looking at these two towns, we have to ask the question, what is it, what is it in these towns that there are so many priests from the, this is just, this is just priests. This is not including religious vocations and sisters that have gone to the convent out of these towns as well. What is it that is encouraging these young men to even consider the priesthood and then not just consider it, but then to go and to persevere to be ordained as priests? In these small towns, in the parishes alone, they have two resident priests in each of these towns 10 miles apart, with a third priest that is help on the weekends. And they have about three, I think they have three, each of them have three masses every single weekend. What an amazing culture of vocations. So what is it that inspires these vocations in these small towns? The conclusion of the article has the reporter asking the father of one of these families. This father has 10 children. One of his sons was already in the seminary, and a second son was getting ready to head off into the seminary. I almost said cemetery. <clears throat> Sometimes it feels like that. But in the seminary, so he's going to have two sons in the seminary, and when the reporter asked him how he felt about this, his response was he's a, he had 10 children, and his response was, whatever God wants to do with my family, I'm willing to give that to God. I think there's two points that we can take from that. Number one, the openness to life that their family had. The openness to be willing to have ten children. I know not all families can have ten children. I'm aware of that. But what of the, just the generosity to be able to have the number of children that God wants us to have and not to control and manipulate that on our own because we think that we know better than God. The openness to life. And that openness to life in the body also gives rise to the openness to life in the spiritual life as well. And the willingness to offer and to give to God what is his. Because ultimately all children are from God. And so when we give them to God in vocations, they are given back to God for God to do in their own lives 
what God desires to do for them. I think the root of all of this is the idea of sacrifice. This father and mother were willing to sacrifice probably many different things in their own lives to bring life into the world and then to give that life back to God and allow them to become priests. And I believe, if I remember the story correctly, at least one of the daughters was headed off to the convent as well to give his children back to God in this manner. This idea of sacrifice that is at the root of every single vocation. This idea of sacrifice that is at the root of the vocation that to each of us is called. That vocation to holiness, which is the supreme and universal vocation for every single one of us. That call to holiness is the exact call that God is calling us back to himself to be with him in eternal life. The vocation that we normally talk about is the vocation of the priesthood, the religious life, the married life, or the consecrated single life. But that vocation is really in service of the greater vocation, the vocation to holiness. And sacrifice is at the root of all of it. We have to be willing to sacrifice and give of our lives generously to God to allow God to do in our lives what he desires to do in us. When we look at our gospel today in the, in the gospel of Matthew chapter 10, if we go back and we're to look at the beginning of the gospel and kind of the whole gospel, we would see at the beginning what, God, what Jesus is doing is he's sending out his 12 apostles to go out into the world and to preach the gospel. Just prior to the passage that we, we read today, he actually specifically says, I'm sending you to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he has a very specific mission for his 12 apostles. But ultimately, it's to preach the gospel. Immediately following Jesus sending them out, he warns them. He says, you will not be accepted. He says, what I have told you in secret, declare from the rooftops. But what you are saying, you will actually probably lose your life for. And we know that all of the apostles, besides John, eventually did. The gospel says, What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light, will you, the gospel we have today. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops, and do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. At the root, at the root of the vocation, of the root of the disciples, of the apostles, to go into the world and preach the gospel is sacrifice. Sacrifice our own limitations. Because I guarantee you when Jesus told them this, there's a tremendous amount of fear that arose within them that they might lose their life for the gospel. So the idea of sacrifice is rooted at the very base of their lives as well. To get to this sacrifice in our own lives, it begins in the family. I can stand up here and preach to you until I'm blue in the face about what it takes to become a good Christian, to become a good Catholic, to get to eternal life. But if you don't actually take what the gospel says and apply it to your life and into your family's lives, it won't take root, it won't take effect. I can stand up here and I can even have your kids come to class 
or our school and I can, we can teach them for eight hours a day. But if you don't reinforce that in the home, if you don't teach them at home and show them how to apply it to their lives, it never takes root in their lives. And so it just becomes another subject that they study in school. And unfortunately, we have seen that even in Catholic schools across our country where religion is just another subject that then is, you get a grade and you move on. And it's not something that is actually applied to the life. So there is a disconnect in the way that we teach it, number one. And number two, it can only really be taught in the family and at home. And so it's up to you as parents and grandparents to instill that into your children and grandchildren, what it means to live the faith in our lives. And the way in which that begins to take place, I believe, begins with the father of the household. The father of the household is the one that instills the faith. Studies, study after study after study has shown that if the father does not practice the faith, if the father is not giving the faith to children, it often is not handed down. It's no offense to the mother, even if she is very faithful, but it's through the father that often the faith is practiced. And like I said, study after study after study has proven this. Fathers must be willing to sacrifice themselves in order to teach their children how to pray and to lead their families in prayer. And I don't mean just Our Fathers and Hail Marys and the Rosary. Those are all good and necessary. The fathers must be willing to teach their children how to pray from the heart. To hear, to, to listen to the whisperings of God. Because it's in the whisperings of God that we are encouraged to live out the gospel. Jesus says, what you, what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. It's in that whispering that we begin to transform our lives to begin to model what Jesus has called us to do. To begin to live out in our lives what Jesus has called us to do. It's in that whispering in the silence of our hearts where Jesus says, you are my beloved. And fathers have to teach their children to listen to the whisperings in their heart and to hear the voice of God in their own lives. The father must be willing to open his own heart to his family as well. To be a little vulnerable, to show a little emotion to his family. To be able to cry when things need crying over. To comfort when things need comforted. To be justly angry when things need to be, we need to be angry about. Fathers must be willing to lead emotionally in their own families as well. To lead their families to the properly ordered disposition of the human person. That also means then that fathers must be willing to lead in virtue. To show the virtues in their own life of prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude, faith, hope, and love. To be the leaders in their families, to be able to witness to their families of how this plays out in their lives. To begin to be that witness. But it begins with that openness to life. Openness to life is such a countercultural thing in our world today. 
in our society today, four children is considered a large family. And I hear it over and over and over again from families that, that they will be asked in, when they're out in public a question that is completely inappropriate. Do you know what causes that? Just making side, side comments that just are not necessary. Continuing to enforce in the lives of those families that maybe having a big family is not a good idea. I have a friend who has nine children. Might be ten, actually. I can't remember. I can't keep up. But in those nine children, they get comments all the time wherever they go. And his favorite response when someone asks them, you know, it causes that, correct? Or right? His favorite response is, yes, and we like it. (laughs) They make you feel awkward, make them feel awkward back. But how can we sacrifice in our own lives? How can we be open to life if we're not open to physical life? How can we open, be open to the spiritual life if we aren't open in our bodily life as well? God is calling us to be countercultural. He's calling us to listen to him. We will be provided for. Jesus goes on to say, Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. God knows us. God will provide if we are willing to open ourselves up, open our lives up to his will in our own lives. It's in that sacrifice in which vocations come from. Any of you know how many priests we've had from our parish here in Colby? In the hundred and some odd years the parish has been in existence, two. Two priests. There's been a number of religious. Two priests. I don't know why that is. A town of our size, a parish of our size, we ought to have a bunch of priests, and we don't. I think there's a real spiritual sickness when we don't reproduce and reproduce in vocations in the same way that we reproduce in our lives as a married couple, we have to be reproducing in vocations as well. And so it's a real spiritual sickness throughout our entire diocese, the fact that we don't have enough priests in our diocese. There is a sickness. Me as your pastor, as your father, it is my job to lead you as a father leads a family. And so the ways in which I intend to do that is through the first Friday prayers that we do, that we have begun once so far, that we'll begin again next week in the first Friday of July, to offer the prayers to the Sacred Heart, to beg God for vocations, to pray in reparation for the sins against the Sacred Heart and against the Eucharist, But it's my job to lead you in prayer and in sacrifice to give up that hour on Fridays at noon to lead you in prayer, to show you how to pray in a sense, to come before our God in the Holy Eucharist in adoration and beg God to provide enough priests for our diocese. Many of you can't join because you have work and other things going on, but you can join us spiritually wherever you are in your own prayers, 
and in the fasting that we call upon to fast specifically for vocations, especially to the priesthood in our diocese. And just leading through proper teaching and catechesis through the homilies, proper teaching and catechesis when I teach in RCIA or in confirmation, to be devoted to the word of God and to be devoted to listening to the word of God in my own life as well. If I am not praying, I cannot be a good pastor. I cannot be a good father. If I'm not opening my heart up to God and to his whisperings, I can't be a good priest. And many times I do fail. And I go and beg God his forgiveness. I repent of my sins. And I start again, just like all of you. But every single one of us needs to look and see how we can sacrifice in our own lives for our families, for our parish, for our diocese. To listen to the whisperings of God in our heart. To respond to the call of God in our own lives. To the vocation that God is calling us to, ultimately to heaven. And to our vocations to get us there. But may we have the willingness to sacrifice and ask God what he is asking us to sacrifice for the good of our parish, our diocese, and for the church as a whole.